This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, Episode 7. You're listening to the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha. The show for internet entrepreneurs who want to accelerate their progress and expand their vision by standing on the shoulders of giants. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Today on the show, I have Jason Van Orden from Internet Business Mastery. For over a decade, Jason has studied top internet influencers in order to decode the systems, psychology, strategies that they use to approach and grow their world-class brands. He's taught thousands of people around the world how to grow their influence, attract bigger opportunities, expand their influence, and have greater impact in the world. Many of his students have become top authors, bloggers, podcasters, and speakers in their field. And we're talking about people like Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income was one of uh, Jason's students, and uh, I personally am a member of Jason's Internet Business Mastery Academy, so I'm really happy to have Jason on the show. Uh, Jason, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Michael. It's a pleasure to be here and chat with you. Great, great. Uh, is there anything that you wanted to add to the uh, to that bio? Uh, no, I mean, that's all That's all good. Thanks for sharing that. Um, it's just uh, exciting to be an entrepreneur these days, exciting to have worked with so many entrepreneurs. And I love uh, having conversations with people like yourself to talk about uh, these kinds of things, to, to talk about building businesses and, and just enjoying life and having success in whatever your pursuits are. So happy to be here. That's awesome. Thanks a lot. Uh, so one thing I wanted to ask you, uh, I, so I was actually on the, um, the webinar you did this morning, the Steal This Funnel and Profit webinar. And, uh, and that webinar was something that, uh, was really, really interesting because I, I feel like, um, what I've been hearing from a lot of people, at least from, from my perspective and things that I've been looking at, uh, a lot of people have been focusing on, uh, free traffic, but then in that webinar, you were talking about pay traffic. Uh, and I'm curious, uh, about like what your opinion is on free traffic versus paid traffic. And, and if you, do you think at this point, that both are still relevant or that paid traffic is more relevant at this point? Um, they're still both relevant for perhaps different, and they each have their strengths and their different reasons. Uh, you know, if you want to have a an influential personal brand, if you want to be somebody who is seen as an authority um, in whatever your market or niche is, if you want to, you know, create a body of work that that attracts an audience around it and, and gives you the opportunities to gives you opportunities to impact those people and to, you know, get recognition for your ideas, then it is important to have content that you publish that you put out there. Um, you know, it's it's great in these this day and age. I mean, if you if you go back to a couple decades. The opportunities that we have now just did not exist to have any kind of an authority brand required access to mainstream media, you know, which required getting through gatekeepers to, you know, radio and, and mainstream publishing and TV and things like that. Right. But these days with um, mobile technology and Internet and social media and all the you know new things that we have now that that is available to anybody. So. That form of free traffic that, you know, what's become known now as, as content marketing or building an online platform is important and relevant if you want that kind of positioning as as an authority, as a personal brand. Um, it does have the benefit of attracting traffic if you do it right, if you do it consistently. And, um, you know, if you, it's getting more noisy maybe in, in the marketplace, certainly because it's free. It's what most people 
kind of flock to doing, especially initially. Um, and so it, it takes maybe a little bit longer for things to get traction and it can also be a little bit harder to stand out. So that's kind of some of the downsides of, of the free traffic. If your, if your goal is simply to create value that people pay for and you want to be able to spend $1 to make uh, $2, then that's where paid traffic starts coming in. You know, paid traffic is something that can be turned on literally, you know, overnight or in a matter, you know, you turn it on within a few hours, be seeing some results when you know how to do it correctly. And it's, it's the kind of thing that can be scaled more dependably. You can't really say, Hey, I'm going to do some SEO and try to double my traffic with SEO. I mean, you can do that, but the, the, timing of it or the predictability of it or the outcome of it is very there's a lot of variables right and so it's not a dependable strategy for scaling to just do more content marketing but if you know that you have offers that are converting products and services that people are buying and you know how much money um you know you're making off of those offers and how many leads you have to get in order to get one customer and how many customers you have to get to you know make x amount of dollars now you have something that's more dependably scalable you can do the math and turn things up and down and in turn so so just from a purely like a strategic scalable uh money making stance the the paid traffic is is kind of the place to go for that but so they both have their strengths and their place and you just kind of have to know what your your goal is okay okay and it, it sounds like that really uh you could kind of use both both approaches in the same well, absolutely that, yeah that, it doesn't definitely yeah. have to be an either or by any means i mean right. there i mean there is a bit of a consideration of opportunity cost and resources you know we all have so much time and money um you know depending on what position you're in and, and how experienced you are um, you know, you, you pick and choose the marketing mix that makes the most sense for you and your goals and your audience and, and the time and money that you have to put into it. When people are starting out, they tend to have more time than money, which is why a lot of them go towards the free content marketing. But absolutely, it, it in the end, it does end up being a mix. And, and we, you know, in internet, internet Business Mastery, we use a mix. And in growing my brand new personal business, uh, personal brand business that I'm building right now, I'm using going to be using a mix uh, of both. So, yes. Right. Okay. Sounds good. So that's interesting. So I, I did want to talk to you a little bit about your, your personal brand business because I noticed that, you know, I mean, you have your, your, uh, you know, your, your site, your Facebook group, um, the M impact Facebook group, uh, which is, which is great. And, and, you know, I love being in there and, and just, you know, uh, seeing the, the great posts that you put in there and other, other members and just getting a lot of value from that. Uh, in addition to the, uh, the internet business mastery, uh, Academy, um, Facebook group, which is, you know, not available to, to everyone. Um, and, uh, so I'm curious as to like, what, what is this, uh, branding strategy that, that you're taking now? Cause it seems like, uh, and I, I don't know if this is a, a change or just something that you've, uh, if something that you always done and I haven't noticed it before, but it seems like you and Jeremy are kind of like doing separate branding, like personal branding. Uh, is that, is that a new strategy or is that something you've always been doing? No. So that's, yeah, that's a relatively new development. So internet business mastery has been around for over 10 years. Last year we had our 10th anniversary as a podcast and a business. Um, and it, uh, it's become a very successful business and it provides us both a good living and we've been able to help a lot of, um, entrepreneurs and, you know, we still do the show and we still have programs and coaching and training that, uh, you know, people are signing up for every day. We, we've arrived in a place in the business where 
um, you know, a, a couple shifts have happened. So, um, granted when you do something for, uh, you know, a decade straight, you, you kind of need to mix things up for your own personal fulfillment and challenge and mastery, you know? So for our own, you know, we talk about this a lot in our courses and, and in our, you know, in our entrepreneurship courses, how it's important to, um, you know, know what factors you need to derive fulfillment from your business so that you maintain that motivation and that creativity to innovate and, uh, create value to make, to make money for the, um, so, you know, we arrived at this point where after 10 years of doing Internet Business Mastery, we both kind of wanted some other, uh, not, not to get rid of Internet Business Mastery, but to allow for other time and space and our schedule and our creative energy to to explore other things. Um, and even separately from each other, because, I mean, we've been business partners for even longer than Jeremy was married. Like, you know, he was divorced <laughs> in the middle of us, you know, a few years into us being business partners and. Um, a business partnership in many ways is like a, a marriage having been married for 16 years and been a business partner for 10 and, um, you know, been in a lot of bands with people. I mean, these are all like, you know, very, uh, you know, relationships that very much, um, you know, impact and affect your life. And it's, uh, you know, so it's good, I think for us to have time and space now for other ventures. Um, we, we're able to hire somebody as kind of a chief operating officer and even a sort of CEO because she does, uh, you know, we, we give her equal decision power along with the two of us deciding together and a lot of autonomy to decide how to grow internet business mastery now. So last year we hired somebody knowing that we both kind of needed this personal space to explore other things. And um, she is the one now that kind of, you know, she she focuses on managing the team and growing the business. And we keep doing the content. We're still the face of the business. We still do the courses. But pretty much everything else is run by her and our team, which is is pretty amazing. There's some weeks where I only have to do a few hours to maintain Internet Business Mastery, which, you know, is making me all the money I need to maintain the lifestyle that I have while I have all this other time to pursue other things. And so I'm I'm working on a book right now and the personal brand for myself that I'm uh, building is, is related. It's somewhat related to, to a, in fact, in a lot of ways related to what internet business mastery does, but has a slightly different audience. Um, and it's just kind of in, in the spirit of me wanting to create different challenges for myself and, and expand kind of the, the legacy and the work that I make in the world, um, as an entrepreneur. That's awesome. I, yeah, I, I was I was wondering about that because I saw that strategy and I said, okay, it seems like they're, they're trying to do something new, expanding out a little bit more, trying some new strategies. Uh, and then, especially since, you know, you and Jeremy have been working together for such a long time, um, I'm also curious about that relationship. Like, you know, I, I think um, I, I, I'm very fascinated with relationship dynamics and how things work. And I assume that, you know, in your business, you know, whenever you're making a decision about the direction to take the business, uh, there's probably been times where you've been on the same page and probably been times where, you know, you haven't necessarily agreed on things. Um, for anyone out there who's listening who may either have a business partner or be thinking about bringing on a business partner, like, can you can you talk a little bit about, like, I guess the benefits and maybe even the drawbacks of having a business partner? Yeah. Um, if you have the right business partner, there are definitely a lot of benefits. And it can be difficult to find the right business partner. You know, I alluded to the I mentioned that I've been in, in a number of bands in the past. It's been a little while since I've, you know, been an active musician. But 
I've been in bands where we just kind of threw things together. And, and this comes around to answering your question where we just kind of threw things together. It's like, oh, a drummer who has a garage we can practice in. Awesome. You know, and so he's on board and, you know, you put your sign up in the music store and the, you know, the first bassist who, who calls you're like, oh, great. Let's get together and jam. And next thing you know, you're like, oh, we have a band. But you haven't really sat down to really to talk about what everybody ultimately wants. And I've, you know, I've found myself in, in a band before where after a year, you've got those who just want to keep gigging and making money. And so they want to play, you know, classic rock covers, because that's what you can get the gigs for easily. And then, you know, the other half of the band is like, man, I really want to write my own stuff and, and go and record albums and, um, you know, have more artistic expression. So the point being is like, if you're not very careful about, um, you know, finding a partnership that that does have a similar trajectory and where you want to go, similar purpose that you want to uh, – of what you want to get out of the business or, you know, at the very least, you found a way to work around that. So you've sat down and had uh, – you know, just like before any marriage, I would hope that people would sit down and talk about, do you want to have kids? How many kids do you want to have? How soon do you want to have kids? You know, where – do you want to live near your family or do you want to – would you be willing to live – you know, like big life decisions, right? And if you get married and then you have these conversations, well, you could find yourself at odds with like, oh, wait, you didn't want to have kids? I, well, I, I plan on having 10. You know, it's like, well, that's a big mismatch, right? So same thing with the business. Now, not that we can predict everything that's going to happen, but certainly, you know, the fact that Jeremy and I were friends two or three years before we – started a business together. The fact that Internet Business Mastery actually started kind of as a side project together and then blossomed into a business later. You know, like we both had viable businesses outside of Internet Business Mastery when we got started. And so, um, you know, it, it kind of developed in a very organic way. Advantages being that, you know, there's two people to bounce ideas around. You don't feel so isolated and alone, which is very common in entrepreneurship, especially online entrepreneurship. So many people working alone at home in their home office, you can feel very disconnected from the world and other people like you. So that's nice, right? Um, you know, we have our different strengths that we bring to the table, uh, you know, where I might be wanting to put on the brakes and really think things through. Sometimes Jeremy's ready just to hit the gas and move forward and we balance each other out in that way. Um, just to kind of give a couple examples. Now, you're sharing the profits with somebody, right? And you want to make sure that each of you is pulling weight and bringing things to the table that contributes. Otherwise, resentment can build up. Um, and, and, you know, there's been lots of recalibration of how we work together. You know, everything from uh, sometimes feeling like everybody had to do 50-50 of everything and then going like, wait a second, let's really hone in on what each of our strengths are and just focus on on those things. There's been times where it's like we wanted to track how much time we worked in the business and and like report that to each other. And now we haven't done that for like five or six years. It's like we just kind of arrived into a place of trust where it's like, look, I know you're the working on the business. I'm working on the business. We're heading this, steering the ship in the same direction. I'm not worried about, you know, tit for tat who works more hours. So, it, but, you know, the, the, the through line of all of that is a lot of communication, which is obviously cliche, but true to, you know, uh, talking a lot about expectations. Um, checking in about things, knowing how to have fruitful conversations when either of you feels like you're, you're not getting what you need out of the business or the partnership, you know, very clear expectations being communicated and who's working on what, who's responsible for what. Uh, you know, when we started out, we used Michael Gerber's e-myth, you know, he talks about having an organization chart. So we built that out. We had a whole organization chart. Now, half of it was my name and half of it was his name, but we still knew what parts of the business each of us was responsible for, Right. Um, and then throughout, we've taken assessments like StrengthsFinder. There's a great assessment, assessment called the Colby A, K-O-L-B-E-A, which you know gives you a lot of insights about your, your strengths and how you work. And, and we've looked at those results with each other to know like where does each of us 
um, thrive? Where does each of us bring something to the table that maybe the other doesn't? And so, you know, this has helped us along the way to keep the relationship and the business aligned in a way that's sustainable rather than it uh, all imploding like uh, many of my bands did in the past or like many marriages do these <laughs> days because of a lack of communication or poor expectations. Right. Okay. Perfect. Thanks a lot. Um, so I, to talk about relationships from another angle, um, how is being an internet entrepreneur, especially, uh, I'm assuming maybe in the beginning things were a little busier, uh, how did that affect your your your, your marriage, your relationship. And then also, you know, when kids came along, like how did you manage all of those things, you know, balancing business, balancing friends, balancing family? So uh, this, yeah, this is an excellent question. And, um, you know, something I'm a real big fan of is knowing, you know, being very in tune. And this is for, you know, people's own personal fulfillment and self-awareness and then as well as, re- as relationships, but being very aware <clears throat> of, the needs that are your primary motivation in life. Um, and it, it, we, I mean, we all share common human needs as humans. Like we all need connection to a point, right? Well, of course we all need food and air and all that. And we've all heard like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Some of us need freedom, maybe a little bit more than others. I mean, we all obviously want a degree of autonomy and freedom, but at some point, like some of us are more driven by freedom. Some of us maybe are more driven by connection. Some of us are driven more by recognition. You know, these are all fundamental needs, but we have the the, the few that are like the, the ones at the top. So to come back to your question, um, the way I've navigated that with relationships and, and with myself is to always be very aware of the needs that I have, very aware and inquisitive and empathic and, and curious about um, the needs of my spouse and then even of my business partner, you know, going back to the previous question and then always communicating about those needs and finding the best strategies possible to fulfill each of our most important needs. Um, to give you an example of my marriage, my wife, she's an extrovert. She tends to, you know, we both value freedom in our lifestyle, but she, she'll give up some of her freedom to have more connection. So like for instance, while she could have started a business like my own, she actually works for somebody else right now who is an entrepreneur, but she loves being a part of a team. Like that's more important to her at this point in her life than maybe the additional freedom of working for herself would give her. Um, and because again, that need for connection takes precedence. So um, I'm very, you know, I'm very fortunate to have had an extremely supportive wife throughout this process. She can, she encouraged me to quit my job back in 2003 before I was even, you know, I mean, she saw the writing on the wall before I did and encouraged me um, out the door uh, to, to just pursue entrepreneurship. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we sat down and we sat down and had a conversation about all the fears of, of what was maybe keeping me from quitting my job and how we could deal with all those fears. And, um, you know, and then I returned the favor in that, you know, when it was time for her to pursue something meaningful in her life a, a couple of years later, we moved to New York City. Um, which was going to make it, you know, harder for me to make more as much money as we needed and, and harder for me to grow my business. But this is where she wanted to be to do her education at the time, her graduate degree. So, you know, we're, we're that give and take of, of fulfilling each other's needs. Um, so, um, you know, when it comes to kids, we waited a long time to have kids. And I mean, that's a decision everybody has to make, right? We were married like 12 years before before we got, it was about, I think about 12 years before we got pregnant, maybe 11 years. So, um, 
you know, by the time our daughter came along, who's now four years old, I mean, we were in a very fortunate position of having a lot of flexibility in our schedule, of having the finances to be able to, you know, hire a, a nanny, that, which was a huge um, help. I love spending time with my child. I mean, as soon as I'm done with this interview with you, I'm going to go pick her up from the bus and we're going to spend two or three hours together. That's just, that's my afternoon every single day. You know, it's, it, I just know I'm going to be done with work and I'm going to go and spend time with her. Um, so it's, uh, you know, we paid a lot of dues earlier on. And then when we were ready to be parents, like we've put a lot of, I mean, that, that takes a priority over just about, um, everything. But at the same time, I don't sacrifice my needs. Otherwise, like I'm not serving anybody. If I'm feeling completely deprived, I'm not going to have a good relationship with my daughter. So, you know, I, I have my time I need to work. She's at a preschool right now and I'm going to pick her up and, but, uh, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm a little bit all over in answering your question, but it was, it really just came back to always being, um, you know, deliberate in our lifestyle design and choosing the circumstances of our life or continually taking, uh, you know, frequent, consistent action towards um, creating the ideal circumstances of the things we knew we needed most. Um, some other people might be like, no, I want to start having kids right away and I'm willing to, you know, give up this dream or that dream or, you know, and those are just all, uh, all personal decisions that we make. But, um, I definitely feel very fortunate to have a, had an incredibly supportive partner in the things that I've done throughout the years, my wife, I mean, and, um, you know, to be able to have done the same for her. Okay. Now, I, one thing that was interesting that you said earlier is that you said when you moved to New York, uh, you knew it was going to make it more difficult for you to grow your business, um, which I guess my impression of, you know, the whole internet lifestyle was that you could kind of work from anywhere and it really didn't matter. So why did, why did going to New York make that more difficult? Okay, so this is a really interesting question. Yeah, back then it made it more difficult because um, we just moved here again a year ago. We were in Paris and we just came back to New York and, and it actually has made things way better for our business this time. The reason why back then it was a hard thing is because when my business was still fledgling and just getting to a point of, of you know, being able you know, to meet our financial needs, now she was wanting to go to school, which is an additional you know, financial cost. And moved to a city that was arguably going to double our monthly expenses. So it was just at a time when the business was still in a very growth, tenuous uh, financial stage. Like that was putting a big demand now on, on my need to grow the income that much more quickly. So that's what I meant by, by that. Now, by the same token, I think being in New York back then... Um, I mean, shortly after moving to New York is when I discovered podcasting online. I was very able to very quickly connect with podcasters here in New York City. You know, it's a big population base. And so, you know, I'm, I'm sure that had a huge benefit and an impact on, on um, you know, me being able to then develop the brand I did as a podcasting consultant. And that led to Internet Business Mastery and so on and so forth. So everything kind of builds on itself. When we moved back a year ago, so we were out in Paris, you know, to your point of being able to live anywhere in the world. That was like our pinnacle lifestyle goal. And because um, she had a remote uh, employment position and I had my business where I could do anywhere in the world, like, hey, let's take advantage of this. Let's go to Paris. Let's live there. We've always wanted to do that. It was a wonderful experience. It was time to come back to the US. We wanted to be close to family again. So we moved to New York City, which we absolutely love and wanted to be near her family. And I would say now, I mean, the financial, our financial position is obviously much more like stable than it was like, uh, you know, almost a decade ago when, when we moved to New York the first time. So now, you know, New York, while I am spending more money and lifestyle than say if I lived where my parents live in Boise, Idaho, um, 
I mean, the networking is through the roof in, in New York City, the opportunities that are readily available at your fingertips. And, and so like these are things that we leverage and take advantage of. So not to mention we love living, living near family. That's a lifestyle choice. We love the energy of a big city. That's a lifestyle choice. Um, there is a very real ROI for my business as well as her career by living in a city like New York City. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Thanks for clearing that up. Um, so I wanted to ask you, you know, you've, you've been doing this for, you know, like you said, a, a, over a decade. You've taught so many people. Uh, I'm curious to know who taught you? How did you learn about internet mm-hmm. business? And how do you keep your skills fresh and up to date even today? The process of becoming a marketer was a very unexpected and circuitous path. I went to school as an engineer um, and I, I spent three years as a in a career as an engineer. Now, it was a very short career because it obviously did not fulfill me and I got out of there. Um, so that's just to say, I didn't grow up with entrepreneurial aspirations or education or, you know, business degree, anything like that. So what is it that led me to learn? Well, um, when I figured out that I didn't want to be in a cubicle the rest of my life, I needed to find out what the alternatives were. Right. And that led me to reading books like rich dad, poor dad and, and stuff like that. It kind of opened my mind to like, Oh, there's other ways to make your way in life and entrepreneurship. You know, being a business owner is one of them. Um, he also talks about being an investor as another one. Um, because he has such a heavy focus on real estate investing, that's what I did first of all when I, um, and that's what got me out of my job was was real estate investing. Now, the interesting thing there is it was not a good fit for me. In the end, I did not enjoy being a real estate investor. And this just goes back to knowing like your needs and your strengths and really building a lifestyle and a business that fit those. The kind of like the deal making and all the phone calls and like it just for me, I I mean, now I know it's like my strengths are being a teacher. My strengths are, um, you know, being very introspective in my research and and building systems and and, uh, you know, and and teaching people ideas in a way that simplifies them and makes it easy for them to implement. I wasn't getting to do any of that as a real estate investor, really. Um, However, the thing that I did learn as a real estate investor because I wanted to be good at real estate investing is that led me to learning from Dan Kennedy, who is, uh, you know, still around teaching marketing, direct marketing, especially copywriting. You know, he made his way writing sales letters that, you know, went out in the mail, snail mail and stuff like that. And so I learned a lot about marketing from him. I also, as I mentioned, was in bands at the time and I started studying how do bands market themselves. Like we have these CDs and we're putting on these shows, but how do we get people to care and pay attention? So I was studying a lot. This is the early 2000s. I was studying a lot of marketing for my band as well. What I learned through this is that A, I like marketing and B, I'm actually pretty good at it. Um, and so, you know, that, that, that's two of the early play, uh, places that I learned. Now, um, eventually to shorten the story, I ended up, uh, making a marketing course for a number of my real estate investing friends where I live because a lot of them were asking me marketing questions. And that led me to being kind of, it's like, wow, okay, I can make a course. I can, I, I did a seminar. I can make money off of my ideas. I can, I figured out how to make money off of teaching by teaching real estate investors how to, to market. Um, but once I'd kind of tapped out my immediate network of selling that program, I needed a way to sell it to more people. And so that's what led me online. It's like, okay, well, if I can sell this on the internet, if I can market on the internet, now I've suddenly expanded greatly my pool of people that I can sell to. So 
Um, that's what led me into discovering internet marketing. Now, was there anybody specific for, I learned from? You know, I, I've been asked this question before. I have a hard time remembering all the people that I learned from back then. There's so many names and so many people who actually aren't even around teaching this stuff anymore. Um, certainly, Dan Kennedy was a big marketing mentor or instructor for me. He didn't really teach internet stuff, though. That did lead me kind of like Yannick Silver. Some people might have heard of. He was doing a lot with Dan Kennedy back in the day. Um, teaching some internet marketing stuff. You know, I learned a lot from this guy um, by the name of Bob Baker, who's actually his specific niche is, was teaching guerrilla marketing techniques to marketers. And by watching how he built his brand and also the marketing techniques he taught for musicians, I started adapting some of that stuff to online marketing. And then just kind of through my own like experimentations, like how do I take this stuff off from offline that I learned from Dan Kennedy and apply it online? Um, and like none of the tools we have today were around social media and, and, you know, online video, all that stuff. It was like, at best there was like forums, right. And maybe MySpace. Um, and, uh, the, so it was experimentation and like, so, but, and, and now obviously I just always have to keep my ear to the ground to stay fresh. Like you said, so eventually that led me to learning about podcasting. It was actually in Bob Baker, the, who I just mentioned in his email newsletter in 2005, that the word podcast showed up for the first time. And I was like, curious. So I follow my curiosity. That's one big answer to your question is like, oh, what's this podcasting thing? I started looking into it, which led me to like, ah, I want to try this out. I think I should start a couple podcasts. Let's see what we can do with this. And, you know, which led me to starting Internet Business Mastery. It led me to writing a book about podcasting. It led me to um, becoming a podcasting consultant and speaking around the world about podcasting. All things I had no idea that that's what I was going to end up doing, but just kind of like iterating, experimenting, following my curiosity, uh, discovering more and more about my strengths and what I want, um, you know, realizing and say, hey, the more that I allow myself to teach and make money that way, the better off I am. So let's find anything that resonates with that. Um, is kind of, you know, where I go with it. And so, um, you know, t today to stay fresh, you know, I read books, I listen to podcasts, um, I experiment a lot. And then I'm also always trying to take in input from outside sources. Um, because I think many of the innovative best ideas are going to come from unexpected places. And if you only look within your own marketplace, if you only read the latest books that everyone else is reading, well, then you're going to just have the same ideas as everybody else. Um, but if you learn how to expand you, the database of stuff that you take in and how to kind of mash this stuff together in interesting ways, that's where you start coming up with innovative and fresh ideas that, uh, help give you an edge in, in your business. Okay, great. Jason, I really appreciate you coming on the, on the show today. You know, you've provided a lot of great value. I, I really love all your material. Uh, so I'm, I'm super excited to just be, you know, be able to speak to you. Um, so I wanted to ask before we, before we go, uh, thanks for joining the, uh, the baller circle. And I want to know how, how the, uh, the other members of the baller circle can get in touch with you and learn more about your business. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So we've mentioned internet business mastery, which is the podcast that's been going for over 10 years. So internetbusinessmastery.com or search for internet business mastery and iTunes. Uh, it's a great source for beginning internet entrepreneurs who are trying to learn the ropes of how to launch, uh, figure out what their business is going to be and then how to launch it online. So starting from scratch. Um, if you're somebody who's a little bit farther along, if you're somebody who's like got a lot of like expertise or knowledge and you're trying to figure out how to use the internet to grow your reach, to grow your income and get bigger opportunities, that's where my personal, uh, my other business outside of Internet Business Master that I'm starting, that's what that's all about. So you can keep up um, with me at jasonvanorden.com and that's where I'm always kind of releasing the latest of my research and ideas as I study the world's top internet influencers and kind of break down how do they grow 
their brand. So those are the two places to look for me. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Jason. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. I enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Don't miss out on next week's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review. Check out the Internet Ballers blog at internetballers.co for more tips on how to accelerate your progress and expand your vision.